On today's episode, Dave interviews actress Susie Nakamura. Susie has appeared on Curb Your Enthusiasm and How I Met Your Mother. I'm Ian Foley, and this is ADD Comedy. And how long have you been on in L.A.? How long have you been here? I have been here for almost 17, no, 17 years. Isn't it crazy how quickly it goes? Oh my God, I just said 17 years. I know, right? 95? Yeah. That's when I came out here, in January 95. Are you ready for this? In November of 1994, you walked into Crate and Barrel and saw a pregnant Connie and said, hey, when are you expecting? And she was not until November 17th, but I wish it was today. That kid just turned 18. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, she looks so good. Oh my God, she looks so good. And they're so happy, they're really, really happy. Uh, You know, like time flies when you're out here and I do you think that it's a negative thing or a positive thing, you know? But just, just in terms of like the career that we have and the work that we do and all that sort of stuff, do you go, oh my God, you're running out of time or you don't think that you're running out of time? I don't think, I don't think I of think like an that. end. Don't Oops, do that. hi. Don't close that. I don't think of an, I don't think a, a, of an end. Does that make sense? I right. mean, the only kind of, I had um, a limit in my mind when I moved out here. You made yourself a limit in your mind. You said, I'm going to give myself X I'm going to give, the college try to me is right. 10 years. Right. 10 years. Yeah. Most people go five years and you Most want people 10 years. I've heard one year. Oh, that's bullshit. You and can't so it's do like, it well, don't do it then. Because no, obviously don't you don't do, do it. it then. But I'm like, if I, if, if, if I'm here for 10 years, I feel mm. like that's an honest effort. Right. And you know, if I'm not satisfied and whatever that means, in 10 years, I'll go back to Chicago. That's a long fucking time, 10 well, years. How, I and mean, especially when you're younger, yes. to go 10 years, like, oh my God, 10 years. But now I go, 10 years, I'll be, <laughs> I'll be 63 in 10 years. I'll be 63 in 10 years. 10 years is not a long time, as not as long as it was when we were younger either. Right, right. Um, but I feel, I feel like, you know, you have to, you have to think of it as, is. This sounds so cliche, but you have to think of it as an experience. Like, or I don't want to say the word journey. That's what I'm avoiding saying. But, but you're saying but you, <laughs> that's exactly what it is. You know what I mean? And if more people embrace the fact that it's a journey, then it's not the destination. That it's a journey. Yeah. I think that, especially out here, I think that people would go, you know what? Jesus Christ! I go on a vacation all the time. I get in the car. I drive somewhere. It's not about where I'm going. It's about. Uh, it's not about where I'm going to. It's about where I am. Yes. So to say journey, I think it's fine. But anyway, you're saying that. But in ten years, I also gave myself room to go. You know what? I might discover something else that I like in that 10 years right. and pursue that and that's still a success you know right. I might go back to school I might you know decide I love really love retail right you know right and at the end of 10 years if that's where I am and I'm happy then I would that would have still stayed <sighs> you know I don't think that would have been a failure that just would have just been like a plan B and right. you know what that's a crazy thing we're still on plan A yeah exactly well <laughs> we're still on plan A you're still like, on plan we're A. We're still in the arts. Right, right. I was talking about that with Laura the other day. I was yesterday. I'm driving my car, and when I sold that collage, I went, "Oh my God, I'm an artist. I live the life of an artist. I live the life of an artist." Yeah. You know, I have not had to do retail. I haven't had to do um, catering. Yeah. I did catering once. I'm like, fuck this. <laughs> But, but that I, you're an art like that's up there with like ballerina, astronaut. I mean, right. we're, that's what we did. Right, 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 right. We did that. We did that. 
We did that. We are up there with all those people. Yeah, said, this cowboy. Is what it is. Said, right, exactly. Right, a cowboy doesn't go, you know what? I'm going to try to be a cowboy, and if I can't, I'm, I'm just going to do catering for, <laughs> catering for a while. I'm, I'm going to babysit. Exactly. Right, 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 right. Oh, and, and, and I want to tell so many people, I want to say, stop looking at where you think you're going to go because, and I've said this before on this podcast, Stop thinking about where you're going to go and just be aware of where the fuck you are because that's going to take yeah. you. You have no idea where it's going to go. And I promise Richard Label to bring his name up in every podcast. Um, Label is <laughs> a perfect example. Um, what he does in Chicago is crazy. The idea yes. that he is an MC, like, how do you make a living at that? Bec you do it when you're really, really good. That's how you do it. He's <clears throat> really, really good. Right. He can work a room like no one I've ever seen. Absolutely. And you and I and have done industrials skill. with him yes. before for TV Guide. Yes. Right? And it was, and, and you Next to the me. WGN booth that had Ernie Banks. Oh, and then you're right. like, that's why we're doing this. <laughs> uh, right. And to do that and go, okay, so he's doing that and he has a house and he has kids yep. and they're fed and it's a beautiful yep. place on the North Shore. He's the first person that uh, incorporated that I knew. Right. And I was right. like, what's that? He's like, right. oh. Are you incorporated? He had it, yeah. I'm not incorporated. <laughs> I fucking got to do that. We'll talk about we'll talk about Can, taxes well, later. Or take a little time. Can I do it now? <laughs> I'm going to incorporate now. Um, but it's also look at everybody. Okay, now you are you are having a fucking great year. I am. But if you look at the big picture too, it's been like up and down, up and down, up and down over the course of the past 17 years. Right. So, you know, it looks like a, a you know, a pretty even wave. But if you zoom in, it's, I've had some really awful lows and pretty short-lived insane highs. And how, so how and do I'm you... And I'm at a high right now. I'm not taking it for granted. But you, but it's you all never, go away when soon. I think about you, I'm going to tell, tell you this. When I think about you, this is what, the picture that, the picture that I land on is you smiling. That's, that's <laughs> like, it's always, the picture that I land on is you smiling. That's and good. It seems, can I say that about a lot of people? I can see a lot, a lot of people, I don't see that as smiling. <laughs> like label, I don't see smiling. I see you smiling. And the reason I'm saying that is, all, even though you've been in the valley, um, those valleys are those, you know, those peaks, you, you're, still, you're, you're still buoyant and effervescent and looking at it from, this is, where I, this is where I am right now. That's interesting to see someone else's perspective. <laughs> uh, it is, but, right? Well, right? yeah, yeah I, I, I guess... This sounds like another cliche, but I keep myself busy. Like, mm -hmm. I just keep myself busy. Right. There's always something to do. Um, and not in a, like, uh, not in a, in a business way. Like, I got to get my name out there. I got to, you know, update you my headshots. Like Were you ever like that? I think so. In the beginning in Chicago, probably. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, m money prevents you from doing a lot of that stuff. Sure. You know, from updating your headshots and blah, blah, blah. But... I felt like I was more at peace when I had something to do, whether it was related to the business or not. And the greatest lesson I had in this was my cat had brought a, a rat in. Rat. My house. A rat. A, mouse. a rat uh -huh. the size of a shoe uh -huh. into my house mm -hmm. and it died. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. And I didn't know it died because I didn't know it was in there. <laughs> and then I smelled something weird in my bedroom. Mm -hmm in my bedroom mm -hmm. and I was like what mm -hmm. is that smell coming from what it's a bad and I'm, smell. I'm going 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 and it was under my 
bedside table and it was one of those things in a month in a horror movie where like you know where it is the audience knows where it is but the main character and then I turned and it's it was like right in front of me like it's back and I you know live by myself by my totally by myself I screamed and I left the closed the door and left the room of course you did but now not thinking like I have to you know take a shower at some point right get dressed um you know, I have to go back in my room somehow, and out of pure panic, I called a friend in Chicago, I called Connie, uh -huh. in Chicago, right. screaming, <laughs> saying, there's a, there's a dead rat in my bedroom! And she's like, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do about it? And I was like, I can't! You know, like, I was hysterical. Mm -hmm. And she said, okay, and she just gave me a list of stuff to do. Go to Ralph's, get some Lysol, and get um, some rug, you know, like she just gave me something to do. And I was got like, it. and I was like, got it. And I immediately calmed down. Right. And she goes, and then, you know, call your neighbor, put a Dominic's bag on, on, a, on, a, dust, on a dust pan, mm -hmm. you know, scoop it up, turn it inside. You know, she just gave me something to do. And I immediately calmed down and said, yes, because I had, I had a task. Right. You I, distracted I, yourself. But I also felt like now I, I'm in control. Right. So right. I had, you know, and it doesn't have to be, and I relate that a lot to the, unfortunately, business. It's like, give yourself something to do. Like, right. don't, it's so easy to sit in your house and watch Dateline till your eyes well, fall out of your head. Well, I remember Mark Beltzman, when I first came out here, Mark Beltzman said, have a, get the fuck out of your house. Have a distraction. Take a class. Do something. But yeah. just stop thinking about yourself and stop looking at where it is that you are and all of that stuff. And it's harder now because we have the phones, or is it harder now? I don't know. That we carry our phones around all over the place where yeah. we're going, did they call? Did they call? Did they call? Did they call? I think probably the hardest ta part of that task that Connie told you was getting a Dominic's bag in Los Angeles. <laughs> That That's must tough. be would have been hard to do. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That took me forever. I know, but it was a t it was a, it was a distraction, <laughs> no, it was and it like gave you something to do. Hunt. It was something to do. But looking at all that, looking at all that stuff, the idea of once you get out of your head, I I think once you get out of your head and your thoughts and all that sort of thing, and realize that it's not just about the industry that you're living; it's about you living your life. Yes, and I think, and if you want to get like hippie for a second, I feel like the universe rewards you when you do. Do when you do that. Mm -hmm. When you ch when you have a choice between like your business and your life, and you pick your life, I think you get rewarded. Well, it's what Alexander Billings once said, and I think I probably said it before: is is like when your art becomes your life, that's when everything that when that's when everything falls into place. Mm -hmm. That your life becomes your art, and your art becomes your life. Now, how do you do that? You go. This is the life that I'm living. There isn't a wall between. There's not a firewall between. My, what I do in this apartment and what I do outside of this apartment. Yes. You know, it's all, and particularly those of us who are in the improv business or whatever it's going to, or present, or just being mindful mm -hmm. and aware and, and knowing that the moment I walk into this house, all that I've done is change my geography. I haven't changed my mindset. I yes. still carry my mind around wherever it is that I am. Yes, and your values and your wh whatever, your manners right. and your work ethic. And right. The, every, yeah, and your yeah. joy. Yes. And your joy, and what bothers you as well. Uh, but, but I think that the joy part is just so huge. And the, the fact is that we have a choice of being joyful about that or not being joyful. And I think that a lot of people don't see that, that you have a choice in that. You're like, you know what, I'm having a bad day. It's like, if you say so. Yes, it's definitely a choice. And I, you know, <clears throat> 
I've had some, I haven't had, you know, great things happen to me in my life, and I could easily dwell you on that. Haven't. Have not. I've mm -hmm. had great things, but they've been offset by awful, extreme tragedies. But I, 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 I think um, volunteering actually saved me. You've in been a way. doing that for a long time. I've been doing that for a long time. I haven't lately, just because I have this other job now. But um, it, it say I feel like it saved me, and it helped me in in what in my life, which means it helped me in my business. Mm -hmm. Um, what did it do? Did it, oh, did it open you up to the world outside yes. of the world that you're living in? Yeah, you forget. Mm -hmm. We can be very insulated because you go to the theater and then you come back home and you just talk to your actor friends and right. then you go to a class and then you go see a show that your friend is... I mean, it's a very... It can be very insulating. Right. Um, and I realized, too, when I did jury duty, I met... No one was in the business. No one. And there were 11 intelligent hard-working, real people, they all took it very seriously, and it's like, oh my God, I forgot, Los Angeles is a, is a metropolis, a major city, where like this exists without the movie, television, and theater industry. They have no idea what, what that is, right. you know? Right. And uh, I, it, it's a reminder, you know, like you have to, that this is a city, it's not just a, a theater, it's not a theater town, it's not an entertainment town. Right. Uh, when I was married, uh, uh, when I was married, Katie wasn't in the industry, mm -hmm. and so I would meet people. I would meet lawyers, and I would meet people like civic people, and I would meet people that are aldermen. I'd meet people that ran the city, and I'd meet all those people. And it's so fucking exciting for it's me. It's exciting, but it's also important if your job is to play other people. Right, exactly. Right, right, How, right, right. Who, what are you going to do? Coming from Chicago, there's a huge, there's like where you lived on Bryn Mawr, like that whole area off the Bryn Mawr L, looking at that neighborhood, certainly back then when it yeah. was less gentrified than it is now, and and your landlord and your, your roommates Remember and we were parked that. in the alley and the two guys run in front of your car and we looked and they had FBI jackets yes, on the back. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> now that's real. Now that happening here you would go well that's a movie um, they're filming a movie I love that so much running I love that I never thought about that in so long but like the idea of, of uh, right now there's also another thing about being like taking the L where you're mixing it up with the people as yeah. opposed to being in your car where you're mixing up with your brain and that and, and it just becomes that again is insulation yeah and you forget because you feel like you're going out, but no, you're really seeing a show that your friend's in and all right. your friends are there. Right, and you're taking a tube. It's like, I, I, what I mean is a tube, it's like you're, you're in your car by yourself leading to this space that is with your friends and then you get back in your tube and you go back in your house and you don't ever go out. People don't even see other shows. They don't even no. see shows that they're like, I have no idea who's in this. Right. I've never been to this theater before. I don't know what it's about. Right. You need to do that. I know, I know. You, you definitely need to do that. And, and and just do that because you can do that. Are you doing that more? What's the difference between your life when you were married? Because you just got married. The life that. What's the difference in your world right now? Now that you're married. Um, I don't think I, I don't think I can I can tell the difference right now because I got married right when I started working and right when right. everything changed at the same time. So I don't I can't make the distinction right mm -hmm. now. But um, I feel. Well, this is interesting. I feel very defensive about um, what I accomplished on my own because mm -hmm. now I live with someone who's also in the, uh, you know, I'm married and I live with someone who's also in the industry and he's a writer and um, I've always looked at 
couples like that and thought, oh, well, they, maybe they helped each other. And I, I felt, and that's not true necessarily, but I feel like people need to know that I, <laughs> it's so silly and petty, but I feel like people need to know I, I accomplished this on my own. Right. Um, and, and that came to light when a friend of mine asked me to speak to her class. She's doing a marketing, entertainment marketing something class. For adults. Yes, 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 for college. Mm -hmm. And she said, do you know any writers? will come in and talk as well. I go, my, my husband's a writer. So we came in as a couple. Right. Not as a couple. We came together. And in right. the car, I said, I just, I, I want you to talk about your career by itself. And I want to talk about my career by itself because mm. I don't want them to think that we needed each other to right. do this. Does right. that make sense? Well, needed each other in terms of... Uh, 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 needed each other. No, I don't. I, I think like, I understand help, that. Like helped each other. Uh -huh. yeah, I mean, support is, you can get support from other people, but I don't want them to think that, oh, he uh, wrote favors. me something. Right. Or, yes, favors. 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 Right. I look at what Nia and Ian are doing, and I think, you know, he was put in one or two or three of her movies, all of her movies. Yeah, I don't but know, he didn't need to. He's he didn't need to. No. It's more like, this person, I like this person, I want them to be mm -hmm. in my movie. You know, and that's about it. I want, him, I want them to be there that day. Right, exactly. <laughs> I want them to be there that day. Because there are other cool people that are going to yeah. be there that day, and I want them to be there that day. But that's true, as opposed to, like, we know a lot of couples that do work together. Yes. Um, uh, Evan Gore and Heather Lombard. Yes. Um, uh, this is a couple of, uh, Joey, uh, Joey and Diane aren't together anymore, I don't think. Joey Gutierrez and Diane. Oh, I don't know. Uh, do you know what I'm talking about? Okay. Kind of know. Okay, all right. All right. Drew and Tamara. Drew and Tamara, right, exactly. Worked, Drew and yeah. Tamara, like, like those people are really, who are coupling, pardon me, who are, you know what I mean, who are Teaming up. Teaming up, love that. Who are teaming up in that way. Uh, but uh, there's also, the, for us who... For those of us who have been just so focused on this and focused on this, and there is a pride in doing, I fucking did this by myself. Yes, and, and I don't know where that comes from. I don't know if it's healthy. I don't know if it means anything, but I was just like, I, I don't want people to know that I got any help, which is untrue. People have helped me <laughs> insanely along the way right. at every point, you know, but I guess I feel like, uh, I feel, yeah, I, that's it. I feel a pride in what I've done, and I... I and Harry even asked me to do, you know, like he's do, he's doing a web web series. I'm like, I don't know, no. Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> I don't know right. why. Right. Well, but you're also new at this too, so there might come a point where you're going to go, okay, fine, I could do that. You know, later on, when yeah. you realize that there is an independence that both of you have, that that just because you're married doesn't mean that your your artistic independence has changed in any way. Yes. But there is some, that fear of people are like, oh, well, that's the that's the writer's wife. So. Yeah, I don't, I don't think anybody thinks that about you. I mean, you guys are too old. <laughs> <laughs> You're just fucking too old. Both of you are too old. You know. But what's what's re what's what's really interesting about be, be, both of you being in in the industry in a way in the industry is you're still who you are and you still have a joy out of it. And I don't think I've ever talked to Harry about what he's doing. You know, I mean, he will tell me a little like a story about this or a story about that, yeah. a story about that. But it's like I look at Harry and I don't think, oh my God, if I get cornered with him about the industry, I'm gonna fucking talk. I have I can't to tell you, it. this is the thing I love the most about our friends and our our community is we don't talk about the business. No, we don't. No. Unless we it's do, we do in a way, like, if it's anecdotal, like, yes. this happened, but it's not like... And then like, I tripped, ha, 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 or whatever. Oh like, I was, you know, whatever. <laughs> right. But it's not about, like, the business. No, no. And I think that one of the reasons is we're all at peace with it. Because I don't look at anybody in our... I don't look at anybody really anymore and think, why did they get that? 
How come they got that? Why wasn't I invited to that? I, I mean, I don't live that life. Do you? No. No. Well, I mean, I feel like I'm so different that I don't, I couldn't compare myself to anyone. That that could be true of anybody. I get, yeah, that's true. I mean, the I fact guess. is that you, what your external shell is, you're, you're a bl tall black woman, <laughs> what your external shell is, is, you know, yeah, it makes you different, but it doesn't really make you different, but it does make you different because we're all different in that way. That's how I feel, but, you know, people, it's hard to, it's, it's hard to convince some people who aren't working that that's true. Right, because there's a desperation that those people have, and there's a fear that they will never work again, and they're looking at it going, the universe is out to get me, and that's not true at all, yeah. unless you make it true. Yeah. You know how Harry and I met? I can't, I don't know. Joeless and Ron West were doing a parody of Billy Jack, The Legend of Billy Jack. I remember Billy that. Jack. What was it oh, called? Was it? Some, I think it was the legend of Buddy Jack. Buddy Jack, where right. Jolis did Buddy. Right. He's living in his mother's basement. <laughs> ring, ring. And we did almost a shot for shot, you know. I, I think I saw it. On stage yeah. at Upfront Theater. Right. And, you know, for the abortion scene, Harry was the abortion doctor and I was the table. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't even the... You were no! I was the table. <laughs> I think people are going, oh, here we go. What? The table? That's a mystery. And I was the, um, the Indian girl that got flour thrown in her face. I right. had to wear braids, you know, because Asian, whatever, close enough. She's got straight black hair. Isn't that funny? That's, oh that's how we met. Now, so that, uh, and again, that goes back to all the friends that we have in the universe <laughs> that we live in and all that sort of thing and, and, and the synergy that goes on. But that was a long time so ago. We met a long time ago and they just kind of stayed friends. But right. that, was a, that was a fun show that was like, Cast the thousands, kind of everyone doing something. Right, and uh, w one thing about who directed, who did that? There was that Ron was West, Ron West, and Joe List, and Joe List. Um, and that goes, you know, I've, I've been talking to some people who are saying, I don't know what what it is about it here. I just can't get, a, I can't get a foothold into the industry and all that stuff. And I'm thinking, what are you doing for you? Because I look at Joe List and I look at Ron West, and they would put up those fucking shows. Especially Ron would have put up a lot of shows and go, I have this idea, I've got this idea, I have this idea, I've got this idea. And you and he's never not doing anything, and all of his ideas are outside of, uh, they're outside of the industry. Yeah. But at the same time, what he's building, what he is building up, is his voice. Yeah, you know he's doing Scrooged. I mean, uh, Twister Dickens. That's the one at um, at the Kirk Douglas. At the, uh, yeah. The one that Mark Warzak is directing. I think so. Uh and um, what's his name wrote it? Gwyn. Okay. Okay, go. Okay, good. Okay, good. But you know, they're having yeah. Frank Coyote and a, there's That's a bunch right. of Second That's City right. people doing it, Dan right. Castaneda, right. and they're doing it like a. And he's playing Scrooge because Joe Flaherty couldn't make it. Yes. Right. Right. But look at that circle that we are in. Look at all these people that we know. Look at those people that we know. It's pretty crazy. I wonder if other generations can say this or do say this, but I feel. And I feel I'm, I'm trying to be as objective as possible. I feel we were at Second City d during like a golden age. I feel Am that I well. wrong? No, I feel that way as well. I really feel that way as well. And it was before Second City blew up into the corporation that it is right now, yes. which I really respect. I'm not saying that in a negative way. Right. Um, but there was, there, there, there was, the Joyce was there and, 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 and there was just so, but it was also, look at all the people that were there at that time. I know. 
And I don't know, I'm not there now, and hopefully people say that they're still at the golden age right there, and yes, they're sure. walking away from that. But I do look at the group that I was in, and I, you know, I get chipped for, for talking about it all the time, but I can't help it. Like Nia and Ian, and Steve Colbert, and Steve Carell, and, yeah. and, and Jackie Hoffman, and all these people that... And Tom Purcell, who's the head writer for the Colbert Report. Exactly. I mean, it's like, it just generated, like, it just, not generated, it, it mentored, it, <laughs> it well, collected, it... It, it, the theater, you know, had all these people at the same time. And what Attracted. is it? It does, and, and every day somebody's getting off an airplane or getting in a car or unpacking in order to go there and to work there. Yeah. Like every day. And I, I, I probably said it before, I, I never, I never took it for granted. I never took it for granted. And every day that I was there. I feel I was very present at that time. I think that that's, an, that's such a great way to put it, too, to be present. Because there were a lot of people who were really fucking bitter. And I never understood it. I think I, think I felt, um, I really felt at the moment, and I was 21 or something stupid, uh, I'm having, this is, the best, this is the best time of my life. Right. <laughs> Not right. that it was all downhill from there, no. but I, I knew at the time, I'm going to be talking about this for the rest of my life. And look at that. And I knew it at the time, right. and every moment. And I did go on tour on the road in shitty hotels and awful shows, still wide-eyed and eager. Right. I think mostly because of my age, um, but also because Joy said to me when I started, you know. Joy Sloan. Joy Sloan, welcome. Stay as long as you want. Learn as much as you can. Oh, my God. Really? <laughs> and then, she said that and to then, you? Yes. She said, welcome to the Second City. Stay as long as you want. Learn as much as you can. And then leave and use our name. That's right. what she said. Oh, my God. So I was like, okay. <laughs> so that uh, was planted. I'm like, right. I'm got, I have to absorb as much as I can because this is going to end. Right. And then I'm going to be on my own. And I have to, you know, whatever. Right. Donnie DiPolo, I remember going to the going to the Ale House, of course. <laughs> uh, going to the Ale That's House, weird. running across the street and going, Donnie, I just got cast in the touring company. And he said, Great. Um, pay no attention to the politics and appreciate every single day that you're there. I was like, Wow, 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 wow. And I did not forget that he said that. I remembered that he said that and I remembered he said that every step of the way. Every step of the way. And and when you deal with positive people like that, uh -huh. you spread it around. I remember Donnie DiPaolo came in and taught my improv class, and I'm making air quotes for people who can't see, uh, class. There's a group of people in, this sounds like a joke, but it was in the basement of a Buddhist temple. Uh -huh. Of course it was. <laughs> That's true. Uh -huh. He came in, God bless him. Who would do that? Donnie DiPaolo. Right. Come into a basement of a Buddhist temple and right. teach, I don't know, seven Asian people mm -hmm. about improv. Mm -hmm. um, I remember his example about denial, because we were starting at the beginning. Right. <laughs> he said something, he pretended he was on stage, and uh, he said to a, 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 an imaginary partner, Hamlet, avenge my death. And then he turned and became the partner, and the partner said no. And then <laughs> he held this, his imaginary hand and took a bow. <laughs> As if the show was over. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I 
like him so much. But that, what a great example. And see. Yes. And, and he just took this grand bow with this imaginary partner with their hands clasped. That, that, that was the end of the show. Uh, you know what? I, 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 he changed my life. He really changed my life. Because I remember I was in, I was, uh, in a, uh, on a Herald team. Yeah, on a Herald team at I.O. in Chicago, at Improv Olympic in Chicago. And I remember I was doing some kind of stupid fucking bit on stage. Like, the, the, the theme, the, the suggestion was cherry coke. And I, I caught myself, like, snorting coke on the, on the floor. I'm going, wow, the fuck did this happen? This is such a bad idea. And then afterwards, Charna went, I don't know what happened to you. You used to be so good. I'm kicking you off the team. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, I deserve it. 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 And then Donnie taught a class at Cross Currents. And oh, cross he, taught, currents. he taught a class, and I remember this is his thing. He said, if there's a problem, there's a solution. We're going to deal with one problem at a time, one challenge that you have at a time. And I was like, I can fucking deal with like that. Like the rat. Exactly. Right, right, right. <laughs> Except I didn't have to get um, a Ralph's bag. In Chicago, go get a Ralph's bag. In Los Angeles, get a Dominic's And bring bag. it back, yeah. Right, exactly. But you're right. And the, and the interesting thing about uh, Donnie, I was just talking to somebody the other day who was going, hey, you know what, what you don't want to be is you don't want to be Don DePaulo, where everybody thought you were great and then you never made anything yourself. I was like, what the Who fuck? Who said that? A guy said that to me. I'm like, how fucking dare What are you talking about? That's someone who clearly does not get anything. That's, it's a, it, was a, it was one of those things that I, I went, oh my God, oh my God, what are you saying? But that said more about him, what his values were, what his idea of happiness or success or influence or whatever, it was all about that guy. Right, right. Right, because those of us who know anybody of any kind of greatness, Don DePaulo, Martin DeMont, like those sort of people, you go, could you see Martin DeMont being on television? No. Can you see him in a movie? No. Can you see him doing anything? I don't even want to see a videotape of him. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm not that he's bad, it's just that I don't need to have that. Yeah. I and I, because I don't need, I don't also don't, I also don't feel that he needed to have that. No, but but how how great is it that he made thousands of people's lives better? Like, I mean, it was like how you know. And not only did he make thousands, of, yes, he made thousands of people's lives better. But there are thousands of people whose lives are made better who don't even know that because yes, he yes. made their lives better. Because um, people like like Amy Seeley and Mike Ross and all these people that are teaching now that were acolytes, if you want to say, of Martin, mm -hmm. who couldn't help but be an acolyte of Martin, who are acolytes of Martin and who are passing it on that love, that connection, the listening to each other, the the thing about I can make anything work. And and I remember my level five show. He said I. Uh, we, we can make this work. We can make this work. And I'm like, I don't know how the fuck you're going to make this work. I don't know how you're going to make this work. <laughs> and he made it work. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Because he didn't say no. And here's the thing, and I don't know if it's, it's the same in Los Angeles or different, but I noticed in Chicago, um, it wasn't just actors that took classes. It was anyone who wanted to, whatever, have fun, do something on, you know, in a class. Lawyers who wanted to learn about public speaking or mm -hmm. like thinking on your feet and teachers like regular people took classes he affected right. those people too right. like those is that the same in Los That's Angeles really or true. is it just actors that take improv classes um, I got a guy I taught a guy I, I subbed in a class yesterday and he was some kind of patent attorney or something like that I keep calling him a patent attorney so like, I'm not an attorney I'm like yeah whatever <laughs> um, and so he's taking that but there are other people that are taking those classes for other reasons but I think that probably if you're taking classes at I.O. or at mm -hmm. Second City most likely you're doing it because you want to forward your career you think that's going to forward your career you your but the interesting thing about that is that you think that you're, you're there to forward your career but really you're there to forward your life you're there mm -hmm. to make yourself more present to where it is that you are in that moment 
And I think that that's a takeaway that people are always shocked. Like, well, I, didn't, I thought I was going to be funnier. You know, I might not be funnier, but I certainly am more aware of what I'm doing in my life and living. Or helping other people or thinking about other people. And I think, I think, I don't know, I, I don't want to make a sweeping generalization about the people that come out of Second City, but I think because we're trained in an ensemble, which is another word that gets thrown around and no one knows what it means, um, is we, we learn to support uh, and so th I think when it comes to television and movies, we're really good at being the neighbor and the best friend and all that stuff and to have maybe, you know, having some funny lines but making someone else look good. I, th I think we're really good at that. Yeah. I think it's really difficult to do and that's, and I know it sounds weird, but that's what I want to do. Like, <laughs> I get it. I totally get it. I totally get it. I think it's it. hard. That's why I want to do it. Like, I think it's, I think, I don't think people realize how hard it was to be Dean Martin. In what way? Is that I, I he's like he was he was the straight man or you know to uh -huh. for Lewis and Martin and that he they the thought is that he just stood there while sort of Jerry Lewis danced around him but I think he supported in a way that was imperceptible to people who maybe don't know how difficult that is. I think I, I and totally how did, agree. it's hard to give focus. It, but one of the things is you've got to be aware of what your ego is. You've got to yes. be, you've got to really be aware of where your ego is. And I think that most people aren't aware of where their of where their ego is. And when I say ego, what I mean is what's that little voice in your head saying? You've got to do something more than what you're doing right now. Why aren't you doing something more than what you're doing right now? As opposed to what I'm doing right now <laughs> is what I'm doing right now. And if I want Jerry Lewis to keep going back and deer to deer to deer. <laughs> I need to just keep doing what I'm doing because he's comfortable with the going and bouncing around. Yes, and you have to gauge it all the time. All the time. You've got to be present mm -hmm. to those energy changes that come all the time. And now there's another word where it's like energy going, oh, I turned into that guy. You know, <laughs> teaching. Like, but there is that energy that I think that we're aware of. Mm-hmm that we are made aware of because of Second City. Because Second City never asked you to fit a structure. It's not that, like, what's the game of the scene, or what's the who, the what, and the where. Yeah. They asked you to feel out your, your partner in that moment. What are they doing? What can I give you? What can I give you? What can I give you? But all in relationship to that moment, on that night, with this person, in that environment. Right. Which you know. is true in your life as well, yes. to be present to that moment. I, I think about, do you remember Gump? That scene Gump with Adam McKay and Scott Ansett, where Adam McKay... Was a, not, was a vet. No, Adam McKay was the PR guy, and, and he was taking... Oh, that's take, right. That's and, right. And Scott Ansett was, was the vet. Was, no, he wasn't the what, vet. He was the CEO. He was the CEO of a corporation. He was the president of a corporation. Yes, and he was doing an interview. An, an, an interview of an IQ interview. Mm -hmm. And Ansett comes down to... Um, to, to Adam McKay's office, and, and uh, Adam McKay says, um, look, we got the IQ test, and I just want to tell you, um, it came back, and um, I just want you to know, um, you're retarded. <laughs> um, you are, you're retarded. And, uh, and, and Adson went, okay, great. What else you got for me? And it's like, what do you mean? <laughs> you know? But in that scene, you look at two people who are so aware of each other in that scene. No one's in charge and no one's taking part and no one has to get more laughs because the union of those two people is the most important thing. Yes. I remember the one part was where he, they did, you know, how babies... Uh, 
right. What is right. it called? Object permanence? Object permanence. <laughs> Object permanence. And Adam would hide his face. And, Under, underneath and, the sheet of paper. And Scott, and Scott thought he had left the room. <laughs> Where are you? Where are you? Where are you? That's called object permanence. And you know anything about it? Babies, like, yeah. Yeah, well, that might be true, but it was an awfully mean thing to do. <laughs> like, oh, my God. That scene is such a classic, beautiful scene. Yeah. Such a beautiful scene. And they're just sitting there. And you're riveted. You're totally riveted. But it's also, Adson has done a bunch of uh, things like that. Do you remember the scene that he and Jackie did? Um, it was called Abortion Clinic or something, where where Jackie was sitting in an abortion clinic and Scott and yes, Adson comes yes, in and, and, tries and tries to pick her up. Yes. It's like, are you trying to pick me up in an abortion <laughs> clinic? It's like, yeah, what do you think, baby? How's that working out? It's like, oh, what are you, crazy? And both yes. of them needed each other. But Adson was also, wasn't Adson also in that scene with Tina? Oh, talking about... Um, uh, uh, he was a piano player or it was... NPR. It was an NPR scene. Oh. And Tina Fey was. Uh, oh. And. Um, um, I don't Jesus, remember that. I was thinking of Pencil of with Aaron Rhodes, and I was thinking of that scene where Aaron and Scott were at an office, and Aaron goes, "Hey, can I can I borrow a pencil?" Mm -hmm. And that whole started the whole like gay thing. No, I don't remember that. Oh, that was that was up, it's up at Second City Northwest, and mm -hmm. that was another one where. It was, it was, just, it was like watching a tennis match. It was fantastic. Right. It was just right. like they were just building, like they were setting up like this weird unknown conflict and you're watching the tension build and then like it was, it was fantastic. And they never let it go. And, no. I, and my classes these days is about me saying, are you present to the point of view that you have at this moment? Because in that, when you're saying that volley mm -hmm. that they're both doing at the same time, they're both aware that they got to keep that fucking thing going by holding on to your point of view. And the moment that you veer away from it in any way, you're fucking your partner over. Yes. And you know what? I think Aaron or Scott told me this. When they started improvising that, they're mm -hmm. like, this is stupid. Right. Like, the premise was, if I ask you, can I borrow a pencil, that means you're gay. That was uh -huh. it. They started it, and it's like, it was stupid. It never worked in the set. It was, they're like, they said to Norm, the director at the time, like, forget Norm it. Holly. We're bailing. We're ba this is uh -huh. stupid. And we mm -hmm. thought it was funny, and it's stupid. And Norm said, keep going. And he made them do it. Right. He made them make it into a scene, right. and it became one of the best scenes in that show. And that whole thing right there, the idea that you trust your director, at that moment, you're sitting on the outside, and you've got to let your ego go again. Yeah, they thought it was punishment. Right. <laughs> they thought it was punishment. Right. It right. might have been, but no. No, uh, but, but and, and at the end of the day, you look at that scene, and I don't know, hopefully they remember that Norm worked on that scene with them. I mean, I know those two guys, and they probably do give Norm credit. Yeah, they do. A lot, I, of people, yeah. a lot of people would go, yeah, and then I did that scene, and I, 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 I. I feel I. They, they credited Norm fully for that because they wanted to stop doing it. <laughs> they were like, this is awful. We're embarrassed. We don't want to do it anymore. Right, 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 right. And at Second City, you kept doing it and kept doing it and kept doing it. And one day, you will get rid of a scene. But I think that at the, at the start, you go, there's something here. I know there's yes. fucking something here. And there are many people that I work with because I, always, I would always work with orphans, with comedy orphans over there. And what I mean by that is I would work with people who are going, I think this scene's going to work. I'm going, I don't this is going to work. I don't think this, and nine times out of ten, I was right. But I still, you know, I'm going, why does, why did, Franny's got nine scenes in the show, and this person has a hundred scenes in the show, and I've got one that is tenuous about a gnome working at a library, and we beat the fuck out of it. And then we went, we're going to have to cut it. It's we're like, of course to. you do. Of course you do. It's Thank a gnome you so much. in a library. It's a gnome in a library. And that literally was a scene, and uh, whoever it is that was in it might know it, but nobody else is going to fucking know it. 
I, I think there's a benefit to seeing bad theater, too. I mean, we're back to, like, going out of your comfort zone and just seeing theater, which is available in Los Angeles, but no one comes to see it. Um, to right. just go buy a ticket, a 10 or 15, or pay what you can night, and see, I saw... Uh, a play on that Santa Monica, you know, the yeah, theater yeah, row the kind of thing. And you area. could tell it was, first of all, I never gave up on them because you could tell everyone was doing their best. Right. It was a Alan Ball play. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, did True Blood and... Yes. Uh -huh. But he, it was one of his, um, I guess, early, I don't know that enough about it to talk about it, but it was a play his earlier. earlier yes. And uh, a, a scene, a, a girl is supposed to... Um, surreptitiously take off a bracelet and return it to the bed mm -hmm. so someone can find it later. Mm -hmm. And in <laughs> she takes it off, throws it on the bed. It's a bangle bracelet, so it rolls and goes onto the floor, and everyone freezes. And I want to go, I want, as an audience member and a director, go, pick it up. Just pick it up. Just pick it up in your character. No one knows that this is not supposed to happen, except now, because everyone froze. Exactly. But I couldn't. So everyone now knows that oh. the bracelet's supposed to be on the bed and they're frozen. Right. And they're kind of saying their lines and you're just like, <laughs> I'm out of the play now. I'm like, resolve this. There's four of you on stage. Any one of you can help, except the person that's not supposed to see it. Oh my God. And you know. Oh my God. But like, I, I you know, I thought like, it, did no one, the director or anyone in that theater say, you know, if this is live theater, anything can happen. Right. If something happens, just fix it. Right. Fix it. Right. You know, or, you know, even something good can come out of it sometimes. And Oh, I, I, mean, I, and I, and I, I, I believe all of that. I, I think that, that one of the things about working in improvisation is you go, anything could happen. And if you're dealing with, if, you're, if, you're, if your foundation is anything can and will and should and needs to yes. happen, if you look at that, then you look at the scripted piece and you say, you know, the guideline of the scripted piece is only the script. And everything else that we weave into it, the character, the movement, walking around, talking, touching, holding on to things, blocking, like all that stuff gives it life. So when something like that happens, you, of course you bend over and you <laughs> grab it, right? I, I've told this story once before of how, I think it was with Rose, where I was doing a scene with Colbert and I accidentally, my, my finger ticked his eye and I got eye underneath my fingernail and Colbert just went, well, we're gonna have to keep going at that. <laughs> And, you know, it's like, and he was fine, I guess. I hope he's okay. You know, he's he, okay. I hope it's okay. He uh, left me on stage once. Oh, he did? Yes, That's and awesome. you were in the wings. Ah! I'm always in a story with Colbert. Uh -huh. uh, you were, he started laughing because I think Paul Donello entered in a bear suit or something like that. I don't uh -huh. remember. I was understudying Amy Sedaris, so I felt like I cannot leave or fuck up or laugh or break <laughs> or anything. Right. I need to stay, and he couldn't recover, and he... Exits the stage. He exited the stage. <laughs> and you were standing in the wings, and you grabbed him by the shoulders and said, stop it. And you spun him around and pushed him back out. <laughs> that's so great. Oh, my God, that's so great. I don't remember that at all. I don't remember that at all. Somebody, I, I remember being in a show once. Um... Uh, in a show, uh, and we're backstage and uh, on main stage, and they just put new lockers in. 
and they just put new lockers in. And I had a, I had a costume change, uh, and you, you, you became really quick at costume. I loved, I loved that you could do that. And so my locker was on the bottom, and there was a locker at the top um, uh, above me that somebody left open, and it was wooden doors. Mm -hmm. And so I go to grab my shoes, and I go up. I, I just like, like, like I stand up, yes. and I just slam my head onto the corner of the oh, uh, the corner of the locker and it and it made a divot and I'm bleeding. <gasps> uh, my head is bleeding. I'm bleeding on stage. It was the end of the first act. And I remember going, this is horribly painful. The worst part of it was the noise in yeah. your head. The noise of you oh, hearing God, that in your it head. Rattles. And I slammed my head and I had to go to Grant Hospital. But I went to Grant Hospital after the show. You just run the show. You yeah. run the fucking How show. Stupid you run and the show. crazy and great. It was really great. But people get injured all the fucking time. And when and those and those stories are the greatest stories. Yeah, I guess. Well, for me, yeah. I mean, I got injured. I'm the part My of the story. My first night, it was during the during the act break. I was understudying, and I said to you, like, so what do people do during intermission? And mm -hmm. you go, oh, you want to play chair? And I go, yeah. You know, I was sort of like wide-eyed and open to anything. Like, oh, what if, you know, if this is what you guys do. So you led me to the, t the top of the stairs of the Beatles entrance, <laughs> and you just threw a chair down. That was it. <laughs> there were a lot of stairs going down there. You take a broken chair, and you just whip it down. <laughs> I forgot about chair. That was really fun. You just take a chair and you throw Do you it want downstairs. To play chair? Yeah. yeah, yeah, throw it downstairs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I remember I at, at Second City Northwest where so much shit happened. We were doing the end of the scene, the end of the first act, and it was uh, the end of the first act was a musical that Rubano, Rubano would always, John Rubano would always write songs about murder and death and because he was in a horrible bicycle accident, right? And he was hit by a bicyclist and dragged underneath the car for a long time. Did you know that he saw that guy later, a few years later? No. He saw the guy a few years later who did it who hit and run him <gasps> and he saw that guy and on his bike and he looked at him and, and he, he looked at the guy who hit and run him he looked at John and just looked straight ahead and John went just nodded yeah, and rode his bike yeah. away because that's Rubano Rubano's oh not going to go I said well why didn't you want he's like you know what he's got to live with that shit for the rest of his life and he knows that I know he knows that I know oh god Anyway, um, <laughs> so... Are we supposed to talk more about the industry and not tell war stories? No, no. This is called ADD, so it can fucking go wherever it wants to go. Um, but the, at, at, at the end of this act, we're doing this song about dying or whatever it's going to be, <laughs> and somebody in the middle of the scene, somebody, uh, like, we're in the middle of the song, and this woman screams out at Second City Northwest, Oh my God, my husband! Oh my God, my husband! Somebody help me! And I'm going, what the fuck? What the fuck? And I look out, and then... <laughs> I look out and, and we all stop the song and the music stops and, and everybody turns around and goes, and we're like, how many people are, 150 people in that audience, whatever yeah. it was, 175? And they all look and this was the weird thing. Everyone in the cast sets up four chairs across stage and then leaves. And I'm looking at that woman what? and I go, I don't know why. And I look at this, uh, go out in the audience, and the, one, the woman's husband is having a, um, a seizure. Yeah. And, I, and I hold him down, and I, and I grab him, and then the, 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 the ushers come, and they, they get him, and she takes him out and goes for a walk. And I look at the stage. What are four chairs set up in a row? What Chair, scene is that? A couch. Oh, a four chair. Oh, it could have been that bench scene. What about funeral? Shut up. They set up funeral. No, they didn't. That's what they did. They set up funeral, the funeral scene. They set up the funeral scene. Which and there's the funeral scene is a classic second city scene that you learn in <laughs> you learn, it was like the first scene that you learned yeah. in touring company. And it was like, what's your go-to? It went in doubt. Set Go up to funeral. funeral. Cut to funeral. Cut to funeral. And the woman's husband was fine, but it was another one of those situations where you go, anything could happen. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, I remember Joyce, Joyce used to do benefits, meaning like she would not charge people, but she would pay the actors right, right, crazy, right? right, right. So uh, uh, there was a convention or some sort of gathering in town of, peop of people who counsel grieving people, mm -hmm. right? So it's counselors, gr grief counselors. Uh -huh. And they wanted the Second City to come in during their lunch and entertain them. And then, so they're going to counsel all day, then, and now the Second City. And then back to grief counseling. Oh boy. So she pan picks whatever, five people. And the discussion is what scenes do we do? Do we just try and clown it <laughs> for 30 minutes and try and just squeeze any joy that's left out of these people? Or do we go straight to death? Right. Do we just do an all death show? Right, right. And we're right. like, the grief counselors. Let's do all death. Right. And if Joyce fires us, then that's, <laughs> so, be it. so be it. And so we did all, all the death stuff that we knew, <sighs> and they fucking went bananas. Oh, I love they it. They loved it, of course. Funeral. Mm -hmm. Right. And you know, all the all the games were like death, grieving, funerals. You know whatever and they went bananas and I, there was a huge sense of relief like thank god you right. know, we made the right choice and then afterwards they said yes thank you because we deal with grief and seriousness all day and no one is everyone's afraid to joke about it blah 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 so it was like this big release valve that we did for 30 minutes at lunch um and that's, I mean, I don't know. That's, it was really gratifying. I totally understand that. As a performer. That. Yeah. To do, to do that stuff and have it received like that. And what's also beautiful is we had the material that you were able to do that stuff. And it wasn't just like, we're going to do funny kids, tons of time, a ton of puppet show. Yeah, or, yeah. You know, like Second City has a, 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 has an unbelievable treasure trove of honest, truthful, real scenes where people are really having discussions uh, with About, each other. Yeah. And right. And uh, like all like uh, and how great it was that we uh, we were given the permission to go, what do you have to say? What do you want to say? Say it. Because I'm here to support you in what you want to say. Mm -hmm. And those scenes that were like the gnome in the library, of course it's not going to work because nobody's being nothing's real. Nothing's at stake. Exactly. Not uh, nothing's at stake and when does that happen? <laughs> Yeah. You know, it's just craziness. And the crazy scenes are always the hardest to do. And the ones that I don't believe. You go to a theater here, you know, you go to one of the theaters here, and you're watching these guys being huge characters, and I'm going, shut up, stop it, shut up. He just said, he just said an awful thing to you, and you're like, I'm okay with it. It's like, really? How can yeah, you okay the audience with it? knows that. The audience knows right. when you don't react truthfully. Right. Right, and it's that thing of the, the bracelet goes underneath the bed. And from that moment forward, that happened. That happened. That moment forward. From that moment forward, yeah. I'm going, are you going to deal with that? Because right now, Are you going to tell me that no one in that room, you're telling me that no one in that room saw the bracelet fall on exactly. the Exactly. And right now, from this moment forward, you're bullshitting me. <laughs> from that moment previous to that having that was, happened, yeah. it was truthful. But the moment that something comes to you at that moment that you have to deal with in a strong and real way, you can't do it. Now, here's the thing. They might, have been able, they might be able to do it now after that happened. They yes. go, well, what do we do? And it's like, just fucking do it. Bring it out. Talk about it. Talk about it. <laughs> it's crazy. It's I crazy. Feel, I feel that's possible in an audition, too, to react at that moment to whatever happens. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And I think that's a 
I don't want to say the word gift. Uh, Why well, don't we just want to say all these I great know, things? Just, you don't want to say gift or journey is an opportunity. or whatever, ensemble. <laughs> There's three words that we can't use. It's an opportunity <laughs> to, do, to, to show, you know, whoever you're auditioning for, that you are there right now right. in that moment, also this character, but you're also in this room with whoever's reading with you ineffectively. Right. Ineffectively. (laughs) (laughs) What's that up in the road ahead? I mean, that's who you read with, by the way. Uh, And so, like, you know, if something happens or if a chair creaks or whatever, Mm -hmm. like, you, I don't know. It just, I think that, that does nothing but help you. There was a scene that we did, uh, uh, do you remember the scene that we did in ETC and Ian was in it? It was Ian and it was called Satellite. And we wore, we wore, we wore, somebody donated to Joyce's resale shop yellow football helmets. Yes. Um, and we put them on backwards. Yes, and it, I the remember. Scene was essentially as a, yeah, and the scene was there was a satellite on the, e, in, in the ETC. There was a satellite, and we were out in space, and we had to go get the satellite. And, um, and it, was, it was somehow veering out or something like that. And I came out with a Bentwood chair. Uh, I was wearing a Bentwood chair, so it looked like it was a jetpack. Oh, jet um, Scott Allman had a, um, a window fan plugged in, and it was turned on, so it kind of like boosted him. And I, oh, Ian had a rope. Ian had a rope, and that was what he had. And so we were out there, and oh, Ian had a rope, and he had a plunger. And he was like, I want to grab. I'm just going to grab a plunger. So he, so, so he just grabs his plunger and puts it in his belt. Gross. And we go out and improvise the scene. And we're out there improvising the scene. And Ian does this thing where he's going, oh, my God, I'm getting lost in gravity. And what we did was on the stage, we took the plunger. I can't remember who did it. We took the plunger, and we handed it to an audience member. Uh-huh who handed it to the audience member behind him, who handed it to the audience member behind him, who handed it to Ian, and he plugged it onto his backwards football helmet, and we pulled him in, pulled him in with quotation, air quotations, and that seems like, what the fuck? How did that happen? How did the audience know what to do? The audience was present with us at that moment, and because we were honest in that scene, they became part of that experience as well. And so what we're doing, we don't understand we, and it never not happened, right? It never not happened. It never not happened. Yeah. It happened every yes. single time. Every time we did that, it happened. Every time we did that, we handed it to somebody. Because our show was not about, we're doing this and you're the audience. Our show is, we need you. We need you here right now. And the moment that you enter this stage, you've got to know that it's not me against you. It's it's all of us together. There's nobody against each other. And that yes, that yes and spirit. Now that's something I shouldn't say. Uh, that, that spirit right there, that's the thing that, 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 that has always been driving all of us. Yeah. That you make that audition work with that woman who can't, or man who can't read. Mm-hmm. You make that work because it's like, this is what I have. This and, is what I have. Yeah, and, and I think also too when you're improvising, you're... <laughs> Directing yourself, you're dressing yourself, you're, you know, acting and you're blocking yourself right. and you're making all of these choices uh, and that in, in an audition you have the opportunity before, before you get hired where you will be directed and, and someone else will write the thing. Right. Um, you have the opportunity to do all of that at that moment. Now when you say the opportunity, do you mean you get to do that or you have to do that? You get to do that. Of course. You get to do. You get to dress how you think this character is going to dress. Say it the way you think this character would say it. Do what this character. You know. You direct yourself. They could adjust it. They could direct you. But your first audition. That's your chance to do everything that is yours. And you have that you wrote. 
Right, and you get to go in there with the idea of this is my cho these are my choices. This is that what I'm I making. want. This is how I think this character should be. This is how what I think this per this person is. Right, exactly. And if you don't get it, that doesn't mean you're wrong. Yes. And if you don't get it, that doesn't mean that the next time you go in there, you can't make those decisions confidently. Uh, it took me a made. long time to get to of that point. Of course it does. Of because I was always thinking, like, what are they thinking? What is? What do they think a nurse would wear? Or right. whatever it was. Right. Isn't that interesting? Because you and remove like, yourself from the you remove yourself from the creative process at that moment. Yes, you're, you're trying to anticipate what they're looking for, which in the truth is they don't know what they're looking for. That's right. why they're casting people. Right. Uh, and in, you know, I was thinking like, oh, I think I think they think that she should talk. This way. Look at that sentence. I think that <laughs> they, they think, think she should she talk, should talk, talk this, this way. way. So it's like, and oh my God, you're building a, a house on cloud. And yeah, and then then the thought was like, if I do it this the way that I think they should do it, if I get it, I have to do it that way. Right. It's not the way that I would do it. Right. So that's what that sort of motivated me to start making my own choices. Is like, I'll, if I get this job, I want to do it the way I, I I see it. Right. And if they don't hire me. And they're not looking for me. Exactly. <laughs> right. And it, does, it has nothing to do with you. Yeah. Because they're watching you. And when you walk in, and I think the really important thing is what you said about um, they want to hire you. Their job is to cast somebody. Yeah. And if you go in there with something different, or if you go in there with who it is that you are, that's what they're looking for. I had the opportunity to sit on the other side of an audition table for a fake audition, air quotes, uh, at... Um, Bang, mm -hmm. Peter and Elisa's theater. Mm -hmm. And it was a huge opportunity because we rarely get that perspective. Right. And it was just students and they were going to this fake audition and we were supposed to screen them and they auditioned for us, this mm -hmm. panel. And it was such a valuable experience. If you ever get the chance to do it, do it. Because you realize like there's certain things that you think is important that, that aren't that important. Right. You know, if they got a line or word or two wrong, it doesn't matter. Like they didn't they didn't have to go, you know, hang on, can I start again? It doesn't matter. Like I'm just looking for the feel, the essence, the choices, the confidence, and that saying of like you know when they walk in the room, that's kinda true. Right. It's kinda true. Right. And that the people that didn't get it, they didn't necessarily mess up or they weren't awful. It's just like you have this idea who this character is and you can tell, you know, pretty much the, the 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 feel of it and and the audition but you know the the words aren't that important right clothing not that not no, that important no, no. well I, I, I would audition people for the touring company second <clears throat> city touring company i would audition for people for that and i would look at people and go how are you what, what just calm down calm down tracy and thorpe and i got off the road and were dropped off in front of the of the theater of second city during auditions and, we're, and we knew it was audition day, which is a madhouse, so we're like, let's just pick up our stuff and go. So we go into the lobby, and there is a guy on the outside bench uh, in clown makeup. Oh, God, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my and God. And Tracy gra grabs my arm and, like, digs her fingers in it, and we went to, like, but where the box office was, and we're like, what, what do we do? <laughs> and Tracy says, I think we should tell him. Yeah, yeah, right. To go home and wash the makeup off right. and come back. And I was like, I'm not gonna do it, you do it. Did you? No, Ooh. we couldn't, we didn't know. Cause he was sitting on the bench sort of like, you know, like nervous, like about to go in, but with like white weird clown makeup on. And we wanted to help him, but we couldn't, we didn't even know how to like, Begin Hi, to. What are you here for, <laughs> right? What are you doing here, really? Oh, you have an opportunity now not to do that. <laughs> to do oh, great! That. Listen, I'm going to help you. We could. Oh, we I know. Couldn't. I feel. I, I still think about it to this day. 
Do you remember Renee Albert's story? It was after a show, after auditions, but we had a show. I don't know why we were at the theater. We went across the street to the last act, and as we were crossing the street, there was a guy standing facing the theater, and we just sort of like passed him to go into the bar, and we heard, Fuck you, second city! You're not so special! Oh, so look at that! Ow! That's like Ow. being stabbed. It is. It is being stabbed. <laughs> It's stabbing yourself. It's you stabbing yourself. It's stabbed. Like you, second city, you're not so special. Oh, that man, Judd Apatow. Well, take a look at Favreau. I know. Did we talk about Favreau? He always wanted to get into the touring company. Never got into the touring company. I know, he kind of blames me. He said in a joking way, but I think it's kind of true. <laughs> Do you want to tell us? <laughs> he said it was kind of like, kind of jokingly, but you know that pass aggro like truth telling where right. it's like, yeah, you're an asshole. What? No, I'm just joking. Right. Like that stuff. It was like, well, I would have gotten hired if they didn't hire this person that didn't go take any classes and didn't have any experience. <laughs> That's what was that was you. To my face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know why. Cause, yeah, because you guys are both in competition for each other all the time. What is she doing here, that tall black man? What is she doing? Oh, man. But I to look at him right now, and you go, Vera? A-list yeah. director? Yeah. A-list? I'm, I'm saying, his movies are great. I yeah. really love his movies. But you look and you go, wow, you were moving chairs around and doing bar back and you couldn't get in and the best thing that happened to you was EJ was EJ yeah. going I don't want to, I can't this yeah. relationship isn't working anymore I can say that right this relationship isn't working anymore which drove into swingers right yep in fact he was in that apartment across from birds on Franklin mm -hmm. and super not happy about right. it and Holney and I would call him and tell him to meet us and he was, he was, I remember once we actually went over, like we went, we, he, Pauline and I met at Bird's. Across the street from Gelson's? Yes. Uh -huh. Bird, yeah. Yeah. And we went over to his apartment where, and he was in bad shape. He was not, you know, what depressed people. Right. And he was, he just, so we, dra we dragged him out, like to get out into the sunlight and get uh -huh. some vitamin D. <laughs> and motivate him to shower at right. some point. But he was like, yeah, I'm just, you know, I wrote this movie. <laughs> Wow. Like he was so bummed that he wrote this movie, Swingers. Right. And um And look at that movie did. I feel I accomplish the most when I'm you know, feeling really shitty. Uh-huh. Does that make sense? Well, if you're able to pull yourself out of it and to go, I gotta fucking do something, but it goes. I shouldn't back say to what shitty. I say should say mad. When I get mad, I'm like, I it motivates me. But it's you're also we're gonna go back to this, the idea of at that moment you wanna be busy. I just wanna be busy. Let's stop there. Okay. Thank you for listening to the ADD Comedy Podcast. For Dave Rozowski, I'm Ian Foley. For more information on ADD Comedy, you can visit our website at www.theaddcomedytour.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at ADD Comedy Pod. If you're in the Los Angeles area and you're interested in taking a class with Dave, you can find that information at his website at www.davidrozowski.com. Sound services for the ADD Comedy Podcast was brought to you by Post Apocalyptic.